You're listening to the Slow Ride podcast. Likes, advice, and rumors straight from the source. The Slow Ride Podcast.com and on Twitter at the Slow Ride Pod. Enjoy the ride. Hello and welcome to the 40th episode of the Slow Ride Podcast. My name is Tim Hayes in lovely Gainesville, Florida. You can find me on Twitter at the Super Rookie. Joined in Dorchester, Massachusetts, with Spencer Howe. It's true. I'm happy to be here as usual. And um, you know, we also have uh, from the road, uh, little guy Matt Allen. Hi, I'm little guy Matt Allen, and I'm on the road. Can you hear me? I can't hear you right now, little guy. Go fix the Vanigans reception. Uh, I'm going to have to call you back then. See you later. Bye. Uh, it's a real shame that we're not going to get little guy Matt Allen today who's on the road. Maybe he will call in later if he learns how the Skype app works. But replacing him, perhaps, our second guest, going for the title of best guest ever, we will soon find out, is the founder of CrossResults.com, internet viral sensation last week. Find him on Twitter at the results boy. It's Colin Reuter. Hey guys, what's up? I don't even know if that's Reuter, how I'm supposed Reuter, to pronounce Reuter. your last name. <laughs> I, I realized Reuter. no, it's he, he he got it. I realized right during the intro you'd never said my last name and had no idea how to say it. So good job holding your holding together there. Okay, so <laughs> so far zero incorrect pronunciations or facts. Well, you, wrong. you you did say I was at the results boy on Twitter, which is not accurate. God damn it. But it's okay. This is going to be a really long night. Oh, um, so, start. <laughs> we're off to a really good start. <laughs> so the big news is, Colin, you're getting into the uh, fat bike promotion game. Uh, That's correct. When is this uh, new race? Uh, the new race is called Fat Weasels, and it's on February 22nd in Western Mass. Uh, I fully expect Spencer to make the trip. Uh, especially if he doesn't have a fat bike because, uh, I don't know, you don't need a fat bike to race your bike in the winter. That's just a, uh, marketing. Hey man. Hey man. Into Are it. You... I'm into it. Is, is there other, other categories? Can I do like single speed? Can Dude, I do? There's, the, there's two categories, skinny or fat. Oh, is there a, <laughs> I... is there a dropper, dropper post category? No. Cause I need. There's not like an ironic single speed twenty sixer category. Like I need a reason to buy a dropper post, Colin. Help dude, me the, out. the reason to buy a dropper post is that everyone's obnoxious about dropper posts, and you might be missing out. Yeah. The only way to know you got to buy one, or, or you you won't realize till you buy one that they're not that big a deal. And learning to ride your mountain bike would be way more beneficial than buying a dropper post. Mm. I'm gonna stick with the buying the dropper post. Yeah, good good call, definitely. I, I can only hope that the national fat bike champion from uh, Ogden, Utah, two weeks ahead of your race, uh, shows up in the Stars and Stripes and dominates. Yeah, I mean, I think that's <laughs> going to be a real prolific jersey. I mean, so, how, much, how, how much start money do you think would be appropriate for whoever wins <laughs> fat bike nationals? 
that's a that's a good that's a good I'm, question. Uh, what, I'm th- checking the, the precedent start- ever been is <laughs> the precedent ever been set? I mean, you know, you could be the one that sets it. Like maybe it's just ten dollars, and then they can never ask for more or it's expect true. to get it. It depends on who it is, really. We, you know, none yeah. of us know how serious this fat bike national is going to be. But the, I mean, the mere fact that we're talking about it's kind of ridiculous. That's true. Well, let's I've get. Got, I've got the. Uh, I've got the 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 pre reg pulled up here on USA Cycling. Um, they've got a, a great pre reg uh, kind of system here with a race predictor and stuff. I don't know if you've seen it. Oh but, yeah, did did, did um, they copy that from someone's website? I don't know. Uh, it seems pretty legit. Probably. Um, yeah, prob- probably not. They would have changed. Ned the Overend, though, he's he's registered for Fat Bike Pro Category Nationals. I didn't. Can you have a pro license in Fat Bike? I don't know. I don't get it. But he's there, so he might be a ringer. So, Colin, before we get into USA Cycling and all of that registration systems, why do you have four bike races now with the Weasel name? Like, what the heck is the deal with the Weasel? That's that's my do question we, for you. Do you want to know why I have? Well, why it's Weasel? Not yes. why I have four bike races. Um, well, you know how, like, sometimes you make a decision and you don't realize you're setting, like, a course for your life and then it just spirals out of control and then next thing you know, you're, you're talking to, like, people in the government and you're like, I want to put a bike race on and it's called Fat Weasels. And (laughs) as you say that, you realize, like, what you're, like, what, like, weird corner you've painted yourself into, but it's too late and you just have to go with it. That's, Uh that's why. Okay, I like I mean, it. The, the, the real answer is there's a Matt Groening quote about ice weasels um, and a snowmobile that was the inspiration for the uh, the ice weasels cross race name back in 2008. But uh, I, I had no idea when we picked that this was going to become my identity. All right, well, that's good enough. So you have ice weasels, night weasels, gnar weasels, and now fat weasels. Fat weasels. All right. Very exciting. That's Do you have any other questions about weasels, Spencer? Uh, I want to know who drew the uh, who draws the artwork for them because they're very cute. You mean you mean the new one, the the newest logo with the uh, the the uh, knife riding a shark that was a fat bike? Is that the one? Right. Or do you mean the earlier logos where they were actually kind of adorable? Well, yeah. Come on, Spencer. Uh, I know you've looked at all the all the logos. I was gonna, yeah, no, I was gonna talk. I was specifically uh, thinking of the ice weasels bounding gracefully over the. Oh, uh, the old barriers. yeah, that, that's um that that was Tom Parsons, my my co promoter. He um yeah. he went to college for either art or graphic design. To me, those are the same thing. But whatever it is, he can draw better than me. <laughs> so he drew the first logo in two thousand eight. Very nice. The same thing. Yes, it I, is. I remember. I remember when I get it wrong, he gets mad at me. But I can't remember which one's correct. Oh man, welcome to my life. So last week we had 568 listens. Most of that was because of uh, Psychocross Nationals and the Tree People. And Colin, you uh, bared no quarter for the USA Cycling with mostly the juniors issue. Uh, do you want to do like just a brief description? We. Most people that are listening to this have read your um, – 50,000 people read that thing. So probably, yeah, your 500 listeners are among <laughs> um Yeah, but for anyone that doesn't know, what, what happened was when um, when the tree people ruined cross gnats and the, the schedule got compressed 
the uh, the people in charge decided to run both junior women's categories with the faster junior men's category. And uh, that that put 100 people on course, and 40 of them were girls that had absolutely no chance against a bunch of guys who were 18 years old. So most of the girls got taken off the course, um, either 70% or 95%, depending on how you want to think about it. And uh, basically they got their race pooped on, um, and it didn't seem like a very fair thing to do, because it's not their fault that they're not the dudes. So... um you know that when it was when when it was happening on the internet, those of us with Twitter and the live feed were uh, a little a little displeased and mainly confused. Uh, and then after the fact, with the whole treat people debacle, the uh, the junior girls debacle kind of got kind of got washed away. So no one was talking about it. And I was like, well, I should write up my opinion on this because this actually did seem like pretty not cool. Uh, and then you know how one thing leads to another when you're uh, typing on your computer, and uh, next thing you know, you got like. 3,000 words about how uh, USA Cycling is the devil. And that was not actually my goal when I started, but it does seem to be a takeaway that some people had. And uh, So when you say <laughs> 70%, these are the, the girls that were pulled before they even finished lap one, correct? Well, right. So here's the, here's the thing that makes it confusing is technically the younger girls were only supposed to do two laps. So all of them that got pulled after two laps, you can argue – did the right amount of racing. So that's where I that's where I say it was either 90 or 70%. Gotcha. The um the issue is that like the girl that won didn't know she won. She thought she got pulled. The girls that were racing for third, they were in a sprint, except one of them didn't sprint cuz she didn't know she was done. So while it might have been a two-lap race in the officials' minds, it wasn't clearly a two-lap race in these girls' minds, and that's why I feel like you could they were you know, they thought they were pulled. As spectators, we thought they were pulled. So well, I, I thought your your write up did a good job of laying out all the points, and you actually seemed to get responses back from the lead official, who didn't respond directly to you, but then pointed out her reasoning. And I I've met Dot. I worked with her a couple times at Nature Valley Grand Prix. Really nice lady, mm-hmm. and I and I liked that you weren't like a personal attack, but you were just questioning the thought process behind there. And one of the things that makes me the most uh, uh, angry on all of this are the apologists for officials as if they can't do anything wrong. And the people that say things like, you've never stood out there in the rain or promoted a race. You don't know what it takes. It's on the riders that need to know the rules. And it's like, no, this is your job. It's customer service. Like, you need to be presenting, you know, a good event. And I thought you did a great job handling it. So kudos on that. But that's Thanks, the, man. That's the end of <laughs> The, the the one thing I want I want to say is like this was should should not be looked at as like Dot's fault and I know that like ultimately she's the chief ref and she's the one that you know wrote her response but like this decision to put fifteen year old girls in a race with eighteen year old boys doesn't pass the common sense test so pretty much anybody that heard about this in like who was in charge is somewhat responsible like you know Dot didn't walk in there with a gun and say this is how we're doing it. Yeah. She said, this is my plan. And they were all like, oh, okay, whatever, whatever you need. Like, stuff's crazy. It's nationals. We're going with it. But, like, for sure, if for sure that could have been stopped, even if that was what she first came up with, you know? Mm-hmm. So I guess that's what I want to emphasize is that, like, I was frustrated with the establishment, not with the judgment of, you know, the one referee that decided to uh, go with that schedule. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, it doesn't sound like anybody in the in the whole situation would do it over the same way if they had the chance to do it over again. Um, which is good, but it really doesn't solve anything, well, you know. I mean, I, I I saw a letter, and I didn't see anywhere in the letter that said we would do it differently. They said this is why we did it. Yeah, well, that's true. So I was kind of a bummer, but you know, I think I mean I think it's safe to say that uh, in in the next five years of making decisions about junior bike racing, uh, people will think about gender a little more and not just uh, how to make a race work whatever way they think is the best. So, I mean, in that regard, I think it was probably a good thing to make a fuss yeah, about. Hopefully. Hopefully. Yeah. I got, uh, I got a few messages here uh, from people that heard you were going to be on the show and just wanted to give you uh, a shout out. Oh my what God. You wrote. Um, yeah, actually, <laughs> um, you know, he's, I uh, got a dad who said he appreciated it. His daughter appreciated it too. Um, Looks like she was in uh, racing and uh, skipped pitting the first pit, pitted the second time, was feeling good, finally figured out how she wanted to race the next lap, and then got pulled after her first lap. So, you know, like, best shape of her life, yada, yada, lessons learned. Um, You know, and that just sucks. That sounds like she had a kind of a bummer experience. And Yeah, and then... Well, think about the... You know, and one angry dad yelling in the internet is never going to get anybody to notice. So, uh, right. I think a lot of people appreciated that somebody else took the time to, uh, to point that out. Cool, man. And just someone I mean, on the internet without a, uh, a kid in the race. So good job being the parent, you know, the super parent there, Colin. Well, <laughs> that's, that's the thing, parent. right? You know, if everyone knows, like teenagers know their parents are full of it. So you can't trust your dad when your dad says that you got screwed and it wasn't fair. But if a person on the internet says it, then, like, it's a little more credible. Well, I liked how you were – I mean, this was picked up in Velo News, so great job there. Um, but, yeah, I mean, the, the junior issue was definitely huge. I like that you called it out. It's kind of been discussed, and I, I'm in agreement with you. Uh, you came up with two other uh, alternatives that were based in, uh, as you say, hashtag facts and data. I thought both of them looked good. And it would have hopefully also protected the integrity of the podium, which was, of course, the you know the the big joke of the right, whole the, the the whole uh, defense of this. Right, right. Where the the racers in fourth or sixth, depending on your size of podium, no longer yeah. matter. Yeah. So but, uh, yeah. So what would be? Uh, so I guess now, moving forward, the uh, let's let's talk real quick about the tree people and the tree people's comeback. Uh, they, of course, wrote their own like, uh, uh, re- synopsis of what happened, the recap of their weekend. And I have to say, I have to give it to the tree people because they got more publicity for their damn trees than anybody could have possibly imagined. They played that thing so perfectly and how they got the city of Austin we to got, shut down this race. Like, oh, my God, we, we learned a lot. We got <laughs> wrecked by the tree people and anyone that tells you otherwise. Oh, how just- much – they must have raised some serious loot this weekend too, because you know people are like, "Yeah, we showed them." <laughs> well, here's here's the thing: what 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 the tree people really want is to not have bike races in Zilker Park, and that is exactly what they got. You know, they're, they're not in it for the money; they're in it to keep a bunch of you know outsiders from tearing up their park. Like it's just, to, I, I believe it's like any other like like local neighborhood complaining group. And, you know, in that regard, like, they completely won. You'd have to be insane to try to put a cross race on <laughs> in Zilker Park. 
Yeah, it's they they put on a clinic for how to get something shut down. So there's that. Do you think that USA Cycling's apology? Because I know how I feel on this. I don't think it went far enough because ultimately it's it's their responsibility and they didn't handle it right away correctly, in my opinion. Do you feel that uh you know that that, that apology goes far enough? And what can uh, you know? Are we going to see this in Asheville and Hartford and Reno? I mean, what's the is this you, you want Spencer to take this one or me? Uh, I don't I, care. You guys can both. Oh, you mean all? I, I don't. I feel like I'm talking over no. Spencer because I'm so amped up to yell at you about stuff. Why? Well, That's what you're here for. Yet. We haven't even gotten to turn right. down under yet. All right, all right. So here's so here's the thing. It's a corporate apology, right? So it's automatically going to be soulless and like not going to have like there's not going to be an admission of wrongdoing per se, right? They're like, we're sorry, but here's why it happened. And like they're not they, like they don't actually lay out anything they did wrong. They're just like we're sorry this happened. Here's our actions, and like that you know that's the best you're going to get from like a, a company. Um, I think it was relatively adequate. I don't know the whole like apology thing is kind of like insulting, just because like they're not apologizing to to me unless they're saying they did like if if, if you apologize but then say we didn't do anything wrong. You're not apologizing. So, like, let's just drop that and say, hey, Nationals sucked because of this (laughs) thing. And in the future, we're going to hope that doesn't happen. Maybe we're going to try to make that not happen by changing how we do Nationals. Yeah. So, I don't know. They definitely need to earn business back at this point, you know. I think there's uh, probably a lot of people with bad taste in their mouths. So, So they should probably, if they're going to change it up for Nationals, test events, I think, would be a solution. And then also start looking at having two courses because well five days of well, racing on the same track i mean that's eh. they and they allegedly they had two courses there down in austin but didn't have time yeah. you know to right well, to one was a replacement i'm talking like almost you have a pro only course at the same park or something like oh we're not going to touch those that track over there and we're just going to move the barriers 10 feet because it just seemed like too many you know the tree people were arguing just five days of racing into the, those roots, you know, after a while, that's a lot of damage. Looking at the tree people's letter. I don't think that they're experts in cyclocross, (laughs) but we add mud, we add water for mud. Right. Right. So when we finished watering the course down, um, I I think, I guess my, my point is that if it had been a two day race, a a weekend UCI race and it had rained, And they had – and some like whatever – whoever like the, the tree people's lightning rod was, whoever whoever walked by the park and saw what was going on, if they'd done that Saturday, it wouldn't have mattered if Saturday was the first day of racing. And it wouldn't matter if there was two courses. They still would have lost their minds and tried okay. to shut down the race. And gotcha. apparently they would have pulled it off. Gotcha. But what I'll tell you, the real lesson here is is venue management and relationship management with your venue. Because what happened was, as far as I understand it, somewhere in the chain of command at Austin Parks and Rec, there was someone that caved to the tree people. And yep. eventually, eventually USA Cycling got like got their like full clout behind the issue and had like the mayor involved and maybe a higher up Parks and Rec person. And they were able to like kind of pull the whole race back on course. But the whole thing got knocked off track because someone in the Parks and Rec hierarchy got scared. And I think a big reason that happened was this is a brand new event and wasn't established 
And they didn't yeah. like that person. That person didn't have the balls to say, treat people, this sucks. We may have made some huge mistakes with this event, but we are not stopping this event. And we're going to deal with it later. And like they, they wouldn't say that. They shut it down. And that's, you know, that's where the test event really comes in. Like, you're not going to, you know, it might not rain. It might not be the same conditions, whatever. Like, that all aspect is aside. But the actual running of a smooth event um, kind of gets hammered out. And uh, people know what to expect. And, you know, the neighborhood knows what to expect. The, the city and the, the tree people of wherever the next race is. Um, yeah, it's important. And um, so the, you know, Asheville seems like they're throwing races uh, all the time at the their venue for nationals. So that is positive. It's not just a venue. It's the Biltmore, which is up on the hill overlooking the course. It's going to be a pretty awesome place. I mean, it's the largest house in America, so... You know, like okay. the fact that they got the course on that facility, uh, I'm also a little worried that the, you know, the right. heirs, the heirs of the fortune aren't going to come down from there. The the literal just, ivory uh, tower that they have carved on the, yeah. the ceiling. No, they just uh, they just raced there this past weekend. I know, I know. It's so, the second yeah. year in a row they've done it, but it's just like yeah. there's something weird about that. But anyway, yeah. But uh, I'm more worried about uh, some of the other uh, venues that were selected for the Nationals coming up. I don't – I mean, they've got a few years to figure it out, which is good, but, uh, did, you know. Did you guys see that awesome picture of uh, the Hartford Riverfront Park underwater? I sure <laughs> did. Yeah, because, you know, New England in the winter, sometimes it snows and sometimes it rains. And yeah. when your front and when your park is named Riverfront Park, you know where that means <laughs> it is. So they're going to have to uh, call in the Army Corps of Engineers go- to build another <laughs> Straight from Kentucky. Yeah. Only the best. All right. So I think we should just put a fork in this uh, USA Cyclocross Nationals and get on. Let's move on. Yep. Okay. Okay. This is Sarah Groff, US Olympian, and this is the Slow Ride Podcast. Real quick, Colin, crossresults.com, one of my favorite sites. I do also hate it because right now it still says that Spencer is one of my nemesis for beating me um, in some races. But the actual logistics of crossresults.com have started to influence uh, cyclocross racing um, in staging because you use the the race predictor and also the points to, to stage races in New England. And then also USA Cycling pretty much copied it from what I see no, that's what, that's, that's what they did. Um, but yeah, so, you know, I've been playing with data for, God, nine years now. Um, and writing <laughs> algorithms and playing around. And, you know, like five or six years ago, um, one of the local clubs approached me and they were like, could we line people up by this? So I can't even take credit for it. It was, it was Miniman Road Club uh, in 2008. And since then, it, it's one of those things where like, it seemed really crazy at the time, and I was like, "You guys are, you guys are out of your minds." But sure, um, and it quickly like took hold because it really was like a convenient way. Like it makes a lot of sense. It's it's relatively fair. It's not perfectly fair, but it's a lot better than the old way, which was first come first serve, or the mm-hmm. old old way, which was like order of reg. So you know anyone that anyone that complains about our the current state of staging definitely never did an order of reg race with a hundred people in it. <laughs> 
No, see, I have, and I'm actually really good at it. USGP, I had several internet oh. top tens. I was on the front row, you, and there was something you're about – You're the guy in the front row oh, yeah. that everyone has yeah. to ride through. And what was really yeah. good about that is when, <laughs> when you're there at the start line and they call you up, you know that those 10 of you that are there in those first two rows were all on the internet at the same time at 12.01 a.m. And you're like, oh, hey, guys. We're all internet buddies. But um, yeah. I do like that staging. Now, obviously, I want to bring up that um, because it's relatively new on the USA Cycling side of things, and then also, you know, Florida, where I'm at, Ryan Woodall was predicted to finish 16th place overall in the uh, Boy. 30 to Boy, 34. And a lot of that has to do with just lack of numbers down here in Florida and just a lack of uh, uh, record. So that was kind of where, you know, the like he would have had trouble registering for the Pro 1 the pro one uh, U.S. cyclocross nationals, but he proved that he probably could have at least hung in there for a fair amount. He's yeah. a fast he didn't, guy. He didn't anywhere close to the qualification criteria for, for yeah. pro nationals. Nowhere close. But, uh, you know, maybe he could have petitioned in with, like, mountain bike results, but I'd be skeptical. But, yeah, man, you're your Florida cross scene. What's going on there? How, how come it's not bigger? Uh, we're working on it. It's, uh, it's tough when the... State road championships is usually the second to last weekend of October. <laughs> yeah, but isn't road cycling dead anyway? Not down here. There's a constant uh, new talent coming in uh, yeah. in the state of Florida. Uh, very, very full gas talent. Uh, we have also a, a fair amount of positives that, that come out of the road scene down here. So I was wondering if that's what you were getting at. Yeah, so... <laughs> We, do, we have a cross right. results related question that just came in uh, from from Adam Myerson. Oh. Who wants to? He, he says he doesn't use cross results often, um, if at all. But uh, uh, wants to know what USA Cycling offered you for for the site. Oh, I can't discuss one million dollars. <laughs> Wait, was there an offer? Yeah. Oh, so like, because you mean, said you had meetings with them. So come on. What, like, you, what, yeah, do, I let's mean, talk about this a little bit. Come on. No, I, come, come, on. come on. Come on. No come one's on, listening come on. anyway. Come on. You, you just told me 500 people are listening. <laughs> no, man. I was – Cross Results was taking, up, was taking up my entire life, and I was working a consulting job that wasn't very awesome. So I decided to try to like turn into turn the Cross thing into a real career. So I talked to Bike Reg and USA Cycling. They made me very equal offers, but – um. You know, uh, working for the man doesn't have that much appeal, so I don't work for the man. That's nice. like that's the that's that's the short synopsis. Well, thanks for the I'm short not, synopsis. A, that's good. I'm a dot com thousandaire. That's what I tell people. <laughs> well, good good for you. I like the site. It's fun. Great work. Although I do like the it's old fun. interface better than the new one. I'm just gonna say that. There's I, something of course, about of course you the do. GeoCities uh, feel of the the original site that I like. Um, it has so, that certain credibility. If it's this ugly, it must work well. So, uh, Spencer, why don't you... Guy, yeah, go ahead. Oh, I said little guy just sent me a text message from the road. He he is wondering if uh, if he can get any predictions on how well he'll do next year from Colin. But I don't I don't know if that's how cross results works. <laughs> I, just Colin sitting there going, ah, yeah. Works. Let's just this, yeah. Let's see, Matt Matt Allen. He feels like. Yep. Uh, he feels like an upper three hundreds racer. Does he have kids? No, no kids. He's he's right. actually no. He's he's definitely an upper two hundreds racer. Oh, really? Yeah, he's, he's not like bad. Um, how old is he? Uh, thirty two or three. Does he like his job? 
He's a bike messenger. Yeah, He's been doing it for oh. 10 years, 12 years. Oh, okay, okay. So here's what's going to happen then. He's going to um he's going to get more yeah, the older he gets, the more tired he'll be from bike messengering. So his, his results going to keep going down until that first year he stops messengering and that's going to be the best race of his, the best season of his life. So 40 Shit. plus. You know what? You know what happened? <laughs> yep. That's that's exactly what happened to me. That's what happened to me when I quit when I quit messengering, all of a sudden I became faster for about a year. Um, and, and, then, and then you lose it because you actually needed the messengering yep. to train. Well, and then, well, then I moved back to Minnesota and just quit riding. I wasn't on out of town form. We have a tweet from uh, at Jennings Chris who wanted to know if we were doing a tour down under Velo Games League, um, which uh, we're not. But um, you know, yeah. I'm sure he was excited to to uh, to see which team I would come up with to destroy you and little guy in a fourth in a row victory so that's probably what that was all about i forgot tour down under and of course you can always tweet us at the slow ride pod i'm a little disappointed we also didn't have any reviews this week on uh itunes but we should really just get to talking about cyclocross world championships is coming up this week in the czech republic and let's get to colin and tell us what you think about yeah yeah it's gonna be i mean anyone anyone can win um especially like like Tabor, Tabor, shoot, how do I say that? It's 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 so variable, right? If it's fast, like that's the course that Powers was seventh on uh, a mm-hmm. couple years ago in that World Cup. Like if it's fast and American style, then like you got to think that's like perfect for Vanderhaar. But I mean, it's also winner in Czech Republic, right? So it could be totally yep. different. So you know, I feel I feel like I should. Uh, I'm I'm gonna whine about how you don't know you don't know the conditions yet. There's no way to know. But oh if I had God. to. If I had to bet on anyone two weeks out, you got to go with Wout Van Aert, man. He's been yep. the best rider in the world for the last month. And, like, he's he? not – he's 20. And he can do it, the senior even though he's under 23? Wout Van Aert and Matthew Vanderpool are both – they both, like, petitioned up to race elites. And wow. I guess you can you can do that. The only catch is you can never go back. So they're, they're oh. not U23s ever again because they're going to race elite worlds. So, so they just got um, – they got older. That's yeah. amazing. Man, that's they some crazy tra- cyclocross racing age there. Um, yeah. So how do you uh, – you don't think Kevin Powell's has a uh, chance to win this you know, with his drive side dismount? Dude, I mean absolutely. Thing. So many guys have a chance to win this. It's pretty awesome. But uh, I mean if, if you, you – over Powell's, and, I would like Powell's on the podium. Has I mean, ruled himself out, right? He's not going. Who's that? Stebar. Yes. Dude, yeah, Steve like exploded his collarbone like at least once or no, twice this year. Yeah. Steve is no, not going to be there. Definitely yeah. not. He, he had ruled himself out already, though, I think, before. Well, yeah. let's uh, let's get to the better half. Is uh, Katarina, Does Katarina Nash have a chance to win on home soil? Does she over, have a chance? Uh, I mean, she, over Voss. If she's ever yes. going to have a chance, it's got to be this time, right? Voss has not been that dominant this year. Nash is at home. Like, this could be the end of her career, right? She's, like, 37, 38. Yeah. So she's, you know she's going to be super motivated, as they say. Um, Nash has got a chance, but, like, picking against Voss, you that's crazy talk. You can't. So it's going <laughs> to be Voss, but we're going to have this, like, we're going to have this, like, heartwarming story of, like, oh, maybe this is the year Nash does it, and then Voss will just wreck her because Voss gets better every week, you know? Yeah. Like, she didn't even start racing until mid-December. I just, yeah, I so feel really bad for Katie Compt. Every year, you think she's going to be able to do it, and then she just hasn't been able to put it together. 
And then this year, you know, she's been riding really well and you get those factors thrown in and, and it just makes it look really tough for her. Well, I'm ex- I, I'm excited for both of those races. Do you think what's going to be the top placed American? Is it going to be like Logan Owen in the U23s or Gage Hecht in the juniors? Or do you think Jay Pow is going to uh, get on the podium or maybe Jeremy? Uh... You mean top placed American male? Because it's got to be overall Kane. just. Well, oh, okay. Sure. So, so Compton I mean, on the podium? Yeah. You, you never know with, with Katie, right? Like she, she can have real bad days, but. I mean, Good Day Katie is like a lock for top five, if not top three. And I mean, okay. mm-hmm. where I think we'll get that. Mm-hmm. So outside of Katie Compton, and yeah, that that should be assumed. Um, I was not even thinking about her because it's always so consistent. What about, uh, I guess, uh, male or U23 women? Like, is there any chance what? of uh, someone else getting on the podium? A podium? Come on, dude. What sport is this? Well, you don't think Logan uh, Owen has a chance or Gage Hecht? He's won a junior race, a UCI I mean, junior race, didn't he? That's the thing. Yeah, no, these – these. yeah. I mean, they got a chance. I, I like I like Gage Hecht more than Logan Owen for the, for the super surprise podium because um, Logan's on the young side at U23 right now, and U23 is like – I mean, I'm not sure Jeremy Powers could make the U23 podium these days. So uh, it seems like a lot to ask for Logan Owen. Well, okay. you've seen, I mean, you've seen the U23 kids, right? Wow, Van Art and uh, Vanderpool. Yeah, but they're moving up. Right. I mean, then, like, but then they, when they race U23, they, like, throw down with Sweek and all those other guys. Like, the thing is, they're not, they're not like, head and shoulders above U23 any more than they're head and shoulders above Elite. So uh, I'm just telling you. Okay. The U, U23s are super good. So um, uh, I think. Top place man in the Elite field. Where, where, where are you at on that? Um, is it dry or wet? <laughs> I don't know. It's just the <laughs> come on, man. I've been living. It's the science. I've been living with Adam Myerson too long to let that I know, one I've go. Been, but <laughs> contain your contain your excitement. Uh-huh. Um, uh, let's let's pretend it's wet no. just for excitement's sake. <laughs> yeah, just, right. just it'd pretend. be more. It's it'd be more fun when it's um if it's wet and sloppy. Uh, I think <laughs> Jesus. Come on. <laughs> No, I, I I think give me give me Jeremy Powers in sixteenth. Uh, if it's wet, but, uh, yeah. But if it's like over, crazy, over Zach McDonald, come on, yeah, come Zach on, McDonald in the mud. Do, do, do you do need you, someone to make you a website just... to show you Jeremy versus Zach for the last five years? <laughs> Zach beat him that one time in the mud. Yeah. Okay. But no, anyway, if it's week. if it's crazy terrible, then I, I then I'm I'm changing my vote to Jonathan Page. Uh, yeah, gotcha. Because okay. he's a tough bastard. All righty, Spencer, we're done with the predictions. On to your uh, your next subject. Oh, so so this is I need you guys to help me out. Um, I I have something that happened to me that it just it freaked me out, and I need some advice, some analysis. Um. So I don't, I don't remember my dreams like ever, like it just doesn't happen. Like when I'm sleeping, but last week I woke up with a vivid memory of a bicycle racing dream and I, I, I need to know what it means. All right. So it was a, it was a 4th of July crit. I don't know why that, why, you know, uh, there was a race going on. I realized I was supposed to be in it. Were you wearing your clothes? I was wearing clothes. 
Okay. But I was in I was in PJs, um, oh. and I jumped in mid race, and I was just struggling to hold on to the back of the pack, right? Just just like I was pedaling through a swimming pool, like just just like so not normal, going any- normal crit for you. <laughs> anyway, and there were there were tons of potholes all over the course, and I was like trying no, to dodge I- them all, and I, I was it was stressful, right? And Tim, you were there at the back of the pack. Like cruising along, like no big deal, like not Normal. hitting any potholes, just like <laughs> kept looking back at me. And I was like 10 meters off, like just like trying to get on the group. It sounds like our early racing careers when I used to sit on the back to make sure you could still sit onto the pack. And I'd like every now and then drop off to bring you back up. But yeah. Right. Well then, and here's, here's the, here's the last part of it. Before I woke up, I got caught uh, by somebody from behind who then came up behind me and it turned out to be an ex-girlfriend of mine from about 10 years ago who just kind of shook her head and was like, Oh, Spencer. And then bridged up to the group. And then I woke up. What does it mean? In, in a, in a time of trouble, you long for Tim's companionship. And when you realize how, how empty it is, you fall back on (laughs) an ex-girlfriend from 10 years ago. So that's it. That's your hierarchy of, of human companionship. Yeah, makes sense. Sounds good. Uh, uh, well, sorry, Spencer. So the women. I think Tim had uh, out of town form. Yeah, out of town form is definite. Uh, what, what's happening nowadays? I do like with the potholes. So clearly, it has to be in the northern United States where there's snow and just a bunch <laughs> of crap causing your roads to be a mess up there. And then uh, we did want to talk quickly. The Giro Italia did announce their invites. And of course, United Healthcare did not get in, but you know who did? My favorite, one of my favorite riders from Team Gerolsteiner, Stefan Schumacher, Schumacher, whatever. Wait. David Rebelin. Didn't Schumacher get a lifetime ban? Ah, I th- I think it was an eight-year ban, maybe. <laughs> what? But he's back, and he's for a Team Triple C Polsat, the Polish team that got into the tour of Italy, and now <laughs> I know, right? The Giro did tell you whatever. Uh, <laughs> So they got in, and there you go. Triple C pole set is in the race. We also had on the agenda here uh, to check in with Little Guy um, about his cross Minnesota state record attempt, um, but he's not I here. He's, I think he's yeah. busy training right now. Yeah, he must be. So, hey, Colin, yeah, what kind he... of car do you have? What? What kind of car do you have? I have a Honda Fit. Mm. <laughs> That's worse than the Versa. <laughs> what? Dude, you should see me. <laughs> You ought to see how many bikes go in that damn thing. You, oh, wow. Do you have I a want, roof rack, too? No, I don't need a roof rack. That's how many bikes go inside. Can your fat bike fit inside? I don't own a fat bike, buddy. Why Wait, you don't own a bike? fat bike, but you're putting on a fat bike race? Ironic, oh. isn't it? That's, I can get uh, it. I can Man, you're just cashing in. You're just, <laughs> you're just cashing in. Dude, well, I've been riding bikes in the winter for the last 10 years. and we didn't have. When I was young, we didn't have fat bikes, little... Uh, Super rookie, and uh, hey, nevertheless, we true. still managed to ride. Why do you promote races? races why do you promote hard. races outside of USA Cycling? Um, they don't always add that much value to the experience. Um, you know, I'm not interested in figuring out like how many officials I need to pay, or like, you know, how to score a fat bike race, or like what the categories should be. So, like, I can just get insurance from a company that does sports insurance, and then I just run my own thing. So. It's in, it's easier. It's few. It's less um less stuff to deal with for my event. 
All right. So, Colin, here's your moment in the sun. Do you have any mistakes on this podcast or any of our past podcasts? Your past podcasts? Can we can we talk about when you And with said, that, we'd like to so, thank whoa. you for listening hey, to hey, the hey, Slow hey. Ride podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like this one was at 100%. That's awesome. All right. Well, that's all the time we have. It's too bad. Um, <laughs> so, I just, so what I, do we I got here, like Colin? You should apologize to, to the people. For suggesting that Vanderpool and Vanderhaar raced the Danish national championship, and everybody <laughs> else on the podcast is also an accomplice to that incredible, incorrect fact. Everybody else just let that one go. That was a, they didn't you know, know defense, we, no. we don't listen to Tim when he's talking. It's I, I, I get that. I just now. hear it when you guys hear it. The other the other thing now. the other thing that uh that <laughs> hurt me. I I can see I can see the temptation to uh, maybe not listen to everything Tim says. <laughs> the other thing is, you guys said Henrik Henrik Hausler was uh, Austrian, and that's just because you really wanted him to be Austrian, so he could be like the Austrian Australian. Dude's absolutely not Austrian; he's German. And I mean, I guess in America everything in Europe's the same, so it's not that wrong. But it's pretty wrong in the actual like reality of the world. Ooh, that's a pretty big one. All right, yeah, yeah nah. we'll take so so That's you found two bad. mistakes in one episode. I'm Big pretty G. sure I only I, I only listened I, to like five minutes. No. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I said he was German or Swiss or Austrian. Yeah, and so, then I think someone was like, Yeah, he's Austrian and then you just went with that. But yeah, no, the word ger- you said I think he's Austrian. So and they were like, Yeah, yeah, he's probably Austrian. That that feels good. So, so I mean, you're good. you're not really batting a thousand here. I'm just saying. I mean, so do you have any uh, do you have any advice for us, uh, Colin, to how to make this podcast better or what we should edit out of this entire? No, I have no already? idea. I don't know how to make a good podcast. You should oh, you should all have you should have guests. You should um, it's good to have variety of people because I don't know. Yeah, because otherwise it's just a bunch of assholes talking about cycling. But this Ooh, way, there's like oh. a different asshole every week. Oh, so that would save that. The other thing is that way you trick your guests into promoting your podcast. That's actually oh. the best reason to do it. Like you, you get Myerson on there, he'll tweet about you, and you're, you'll blow up. You'll get a thousand if you have Myerson. And with that, 40th episode of Slow Ride Podcast is done. We want to thank Colin Reuter. Oh, Reuter, Results Boy on Twitter and founder of CrossResults.com for joining us. Also, want to thank BK One of the Rhyme Center's entertainment crew for the album Radio Do Cannibal, our theme song. And uh, little guy, sorry you're not with us, but hopefully your uh, cassette player is working and you're now listening to us in the van again. The Slow Ride Podcast. Bikes, advice, and rumors straight from the source. TheSlowRidePodcast.com and on Twitter at TheSlowRidePod. Thank you.